Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The world outside your window may not be great right now, but what if we were looking outside the same window? Because that's what's happening here on Everything is Super this week. It's myself, Josh Wiggler, joined here as always by Kevin Mahadeo, except it's not like always, because this time we're in person. We're in the same room. Live and in person here in Josh's apartment. Oh my it's God. Josh and Kevin. Oh my God. <laughs> Much like um, the Asgardians taking over Midgard. Uh, I mean, I guess like technically like everyone in Marvel space. Yeah, everyone <laughs> was there. And really, everyone is here in spirit in this apartment as we're throwing a nonstop party since my arrival. We're having a rager. Uh, Kevin, uh, for the first time, Kevin and I are hanging out for the first time right now since we launched Everything is Super, the podcast. Which is crazy. And there are people who may not know why that's a big deal, uh, because they just joined us for the podcast at some point in time. Um, Kevin and I go very uh, a ways back. We've known each other well over a decade at this point. We're very tight friends, although we pretend to we play enemies on a podcast. <laughs> uh, I used to stay with Kevin uh, every time I would go out to LA for work. Obviously, like that hasn't happened in a long time. So it was March 2020. It's the week before lockdowns, and Kevin, literally the week before literally lockdown. the week before lockdowns. I'm in LA. I'm with Kevin. I'm with Kevin's fiance. I'm with Kevin's dog. I'm with the whole family. And we're like, wow, the world seems like it's going in a crazy way. Anyway, I'll probably be back out in a couple months. <laughs> That's my record scratch. Uh, fast forward like a month or so later, a few weeks later, Kevin and I, very sad that we're not going to be seeing each other anytime soon. We're like, let's do a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's just rewatch all the Marvel movies. And thus, everything is super is born. Um, so we haven't seen each other since we started this podcast that we've been doing together for almost, for you, consecutively. I think every single episode yeah. Kevin has been on. I, I have been, until unless we take a break on it, like if we take a week off. Uh, but Otherwise, you're on every single episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's been nonstop. It's, it's weird to think about, because I remember when we first started, our intent was just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll get to Avengers. We'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll get to Avengers. Maybe things will change by then. If we like it, people are having fun. <laughs> and then clearly people were having fun, including, very importantly, you and I were having fun. Yep. Uh, and then, like, we got through the Infinity Saga. We're like, well, crap. Spider-Man? Yeah. And, we, you know, we, we went through that. Then the Marvel shows came back. 
uh, or started rather the the MCU shows. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying actively to shade Agents of Shield or the Netflix stuff. I promise. But the Disney Plus MCU shows began. The uh, new content. We the can new just content. Say. There was new content. We've had friends along the way. Uh, we've had incredible times along the way. We have uh, we have found ourselves like having these moments where we're able to like stop down and do like a mini series, like on Superman when we did the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, which was so much fun. Uh, and now we find ourselves pondering the question. What if, what if we had not done this podcast, Kevin? What if, what if none of this had happened? <laughs> that would, that's a, that's a dark reality. Yeah. That's a dark, sad Here's reality a what if, if we ever did what, this. What if I had come out to Los Angeles one week later? I, uh, yeah. In March 2020. I've thought about that a bit. Like, I would have lived with you probably. Yeah. And honestly, uh, until you got sick of me, and right, probably would have had to kill me. It's so easy to just also be like, "That would have been great." For I feel like it would have been bad X I amount think. of time, and then I think it would have been disastrous to both my upcoming uh, marriage and your actual marriage. Well, here's how we can map it to like get us on relevant topic for this week, because this week is going to be this combination platter of us waxing poetic a little bit. We put out the call, ask us anything. We've got questions from the listeners of everything is super super at post show recaps. Dot com, but of course, we also have an episode of Marvel's What If, the animated series that's on Disney Plus right now, to discuss. And the episode is, what if Thor was an only child? Um, <laughs> uh, amazing stuff is the answer. God, I I mean, the, the episode titles are just always going to kill me. Uh, what if Thor was an only child? It's just a hilarious name for a, a half hour plus of television. Um, but like the premise is, what if Odin, when he found Loki all the way back in the day returned loki to the frost giants and thor was raised as an only child what would have happened then uh and extraordinary shenanigans ensued it, that's it, the answer the answer is a, a 1980s john hughes film right because like a ridiculous party so much like a mix of that era of film of like a teenager throwing a party at home mom's gonna be on the way like there's just so much in there and we talked about like how this show does different genres and like leaning into like a pretty much full comedy it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing what i'm thinking is to map our circumstances onto thor's uh we know what happened if thor and loki had stuck together we know what happened if thor and loki were raised together and lived together it was bleak one of the brothers came to Earth and tried to conquer it yeah. and routinely sabotaged his other brother and then died like 500 times and then got lost <laughs> in some sort of time nebula. Uh, meanwhile, Thor seems to be thriving. So no matter what, Thor seems to be doing okay. Or there's the version... Emotionally, not so much all the time, but or, yeah. Or there's the version where they were not raised together. They were raised separately and uh, a massive party ensues. So I think that that's what happened uh, for us is we did not get locked down together, Kevin. Uh, in that world, one of us tries to kill the other, uh, then tries to maybe conquer Los Angeles. Sounds right. I think we both know which person did both those things. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get lost in the time nebula. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crisis on Infinite Kevins. Ooh, uh, I love it. I would hate it. I hate <laughs> it. I can't imagine a real. I would... Oh, God, that's so spot on. I would be 
that Loki yeah. who just was just like fed up with himself as we all start fighting. It would absolutely. I don't want to meet uh, Alligator Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Alligator Kevin scares the shit out of I me. Mean, Alligator in Kevin exists. He's my uh, college self who went to University of Florida. There so. you go. Yeah, I don't. And I and I repeat, I don't want to meet Gator Kevin. <laughs> Nobody uh, wants that. I met the guy after Gator Kevin, and that guy was ridiculous. <laughs> and I love that guy, but I don't need to go earlier. Um, yeah, and then I think uh, you know we have the. Version where we just decided to like hit Las Ve- the proverbial Las Vegas and party all over Earth with the Everything Is Super podcast. So that is uh, just in brief, uh, just to reset it for people who don't know. That's effectively the origin story. Yeah, well, um, Vegas definitely involved. I don't think we've ever been to Vegas together. Which is, no, seems I'm, like I've just talked about this on a podcast on the Ted Lasso podcast with Antonio Mazzaro uh, that I have not been to Vegas as an adult. Oh I was, wow! I went to Vegas as a small child. I ooh, we should do Vegas one day. I don't know that I'm interested, to be honest with you. Yeah, but nobody's actually interested in Vegas. <laughs> so why would we go? Because it's an experience. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe I. I feel like I'm gonna regret this later. I feel like safe enough in your hands uh, for a Vegas trip. Uh, I've been to Vegas so many times, but the reason I like going is going with people who have never been to Vegas. Okay. So this is this is exactly the type of setup where I would want to go to Vegas. I'm not again. going without checking in with Antonio first. So he and I will have to have a conversation and then and then we'll talk it through. Um so yeah, so this is the this is the way it's gonna be today. We're gonna talk about what if, uh then we'll we'll answer questions that people ask for us. We will do some shit posting along the way, <laughs> I am sure. Uh superpostshowrecaps.com was the way to get feedback in for this podcast and is the way to get feedback in for this podcast moving forward as we're getting into the final two weeks of what if that's so sad madness uh yeah i mean are we still feeling kevin that this is the best disney plus show and by we i'm I'm like assigning the royal we to you uh yeah for me yes i mean there's just i don't know man this is this is i love it because it's independent like self-contained stories uh they all feel really interesting and really fun and unique uh and like while not everyone is a home run necessarily it doesn't it's not dependent right like one okay episode in this doesn't really negate a lot of the other stuff where the other things are so serialized that like one bad episode one boner could really affect Jeez, the, entire, <laughs> the entire the <laughs> entire thing um, oh, it's God. funny because i used the word in the right context it was from one division yeah. uh so like there's a lot of stuff there that that, that makes it work for me and it being the multiverse is obviously like a huge factor for my enjoyment. I just this is a, this is another perfect example. This is why I like the multiverse. You can get a story as ridiculous as this one, and it's fine. It doesn't do anything bad to yeah. the rest of the continuity. This episode is called "What If Thor Was an Only Child," but the legendary Brendan Fitzpatrick, who compiles feedback for us on everything, is super uh, had an alternate title, uh, and I will bleep it out. What if Thor was an F boy? Uh, <laughs> which is like <laughs> so accurate to what this was. It's so accurate. It's so good. Uh, I just, <laughs> I. It's the first episode of any of these that you and I have watched in the same room yes. together, and it was very early in the morning as we put it on, and we were like just like cracking up we the were whole way through a number of times uh, robin like was thor also was, here also laughing along with what, a lot of it what if thor was like gaston is part of the energy in yeah. certain points like it really is like what if yeah what if thor it, the only child bit is just i really throw stuff off and in, in terms of like here's here's just the questionable ask but the reality is just like 
yeah what if thor was just a frat boy yeah. what, if, what if thor threw a rager like and 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 the, the apartment was earth instead of like his actual house part of it is like what if the first thor movie had like taika energy right like yes. it kind of has like what if the first two really because like yeah the, i think you said it this one movie or 30 minutes is better this than one both thir- the first I, yeah <laughs> i mean i think that i i feel like this is an uncontroversial take but maybe i'm wrong that like yeah i think that this one uh 30 minute episode of television was better than the first two thor movies by you know a good stretch not even a contest for me i think i even you said need the context of those movies for sure but yeah. like uh this is just like such a better story set during that time it also just does a better job building a relationship between thor and jane foster than the other I ones know. did yeah and like that's crazy that it did that but it did yeah. <laughs> i was so into it well i think like the the relationship that they build between them isn't too far away from the relationship that gets built between them in the original thor movies i mean my uh my company line as it pertains to thor and jane has long been like they're in lust they're not in yeah. love like these two people are just like m- like these mega hot people are mega attracted to each other and like i think that the, the counter argument not to put words in your mouth uh, has basically been like, yeah, but the movies did a, like a bad job of like expressing and exploring. It that. did because the ending of the first Thor movie was this whole thing. It's just like the love of my life is gone, and it's just like no, yeah. dude. And like that was a big issue. But in this, they really lean into. <laughs> I think like it, it's it's so great that like the power of the of the the animated medium uh, can like uh, I don't know like it's there's like an expressiveness even to just like the, the 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 illustrated versions of these characters that I felt like did not really exist between these two characters in live action at least as as far as we've seen it yet. Now I'll also say that like watching Thor and Jane in this episode got me really hyped for Thor: Love and Thunder, yes. right? And like the possibilities there. And I think even frankly the fact that Natalie Portman voices Jane Foster in this episode mm-hmm. uh, when we live in a world where like Brie Larson isn't even coming in to, to voice Captain Marvel. Um, but Natalie Portman, who had this sort of famous falling out with Marvel after Dark World, and we all thought we would never see her again, is coming back for Thor 4 and seems to be like in like decent enough shape with like the Marvel family that she's like, yeah, sure. I'll like record an episode of TV for you. Why not? Because I think they're doing they're doing stuff right. Like I think your point to the expressiveness of their facial features. Obviously, animation allows that to an extreme degree. I do think we got a lot of that from Chris Hemsworth in Ragnarok because Taika was allowing for a lot more expressive comedic story versus the the Branagh stuff, which was way more dour. Right? right? Like Hemsworth is not going to be as animated as he I think is capable of being. So, Certainly, if you follow Natalie Portman and know her from other stuff, she's an expressive person. Like you, I mean, just watch the SNL skit, right? Like she is able to pull off, I think, those like exaggerated features as needed, especially for a comedy beat. So I think it rightfully should get us excited about Love and Thunder because I think in the hands of Taika live action, we could get closer to this that we just watched than either of the first two Thor films where Jane Foster was featured. Yeah, she just like seems to be like happy to to be back in this world at least like i mean she's an oscar-winning actress so like she could put on her performance but if it's all performance of like the enthusiasm uh behind it then like i'm sold i'm convinced the like the fabric of fiction is wide open and i'm draped in it and it's great um (laughs) i would drape myself in the fabric of fiction but it was it was uh it was it was really really fun those two characters but i think also just getting like a Thor who is in like that full comedy mode 
he's for sure the right character to do an episode like this with because he is like hitting so well right now as a comedic character. He's obviously capable of great dramatic beats. Chris Hemsworth is a terrific actor, um, but we haven't done the out-and-out comedy episode of What If yet. And this episode being, you say like it's a John Hughes movie, like it feels like Home Alone, I think you were saying, like in a certain bit of Ferris parts, Bueller, some parts Ferris Bueller. of it. I mean, there's a lot of that genre, right? Like Adventures in Babysitting, except like it's a little more self-contained there. Well, which is hilarious that they're doing that because of like Thor's role in Adventures in Babysitting, Correct. right? You know, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. which always makes me just AKA delighted. the Kingpin. Uh, so, like, I feel like. I almost wonder, like, does it start there? Is that, like, the joke, right? Like, it's like, oh, let's do Adventures in Babysitting, except actually with Thor. Uh, it's not quite that. It is, like, it is like sort of like an animal house, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, kegger, rager type uh, episode. But it is, it is so, it is so low stakes, but presented with so much of the fabric of, like, what makes these big action epics action epic-y. Like the fight around the planet between Thor and Captain Incredible. Marvel, incredible, especially when they get like punched out of the continent, and you get to see the <laughs> written France, you know, as you as as they as they fly out. It was very DBZ. They end up in the desert fighting like Vegeta and Goku, which is basically what we're seeing. We're essentially seeing like you know Saiyan level people punch each other around, which was really fantastic. Yeah. The choreography is really good in these animated fights. I mean, we talked about it before especially in that first one. But I think here, you know, also really good as like he's using his hammer and she's like blasting at him. It's, it's really fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was one of those moments where I was like, so they called Captain Marvel for this, but they didn't call Captain Marvel when the Shatari came calling, you know, they didn't call Captain Marvel when Loki showed up and did battle of New York hijinks, maybe well, call Captain Marvel there. Well, I think that's part of this, right? It's, it's the comedic factor. Like the fact that they're calling Captain Marvel because there's a rager on earth yeah. is like part of the comedy. Like they wouldn't in the actual circumstances. Like she was a fail safe. Nick Fury is one who knew about her. You know, there's levels there in the main MCU. I could, I could attribute to this. But the fact that they called her for this is just... <laughs> is, there any, uh, is there any piece of this that, like, Captain Marvel is coming to Earth to clean up Thor's mess, and, like, Thor has brought everybody from space? Is there any part of you, I was going to ask, uh, that was surprised that Captain Marvel didn't have more ins with the people at the party? That there wasn't more like people at the party reacting to like space trotting uh, Carol Danvers. I mean, certain people knew who she was, right? It depends on the timeline and where this took place, which seems to be earlier on. I mean, she was certainly yeah, it's that same. You know, what was it? A few episodes back, where it was like uh, Fury's big week. Like, yeah, this was Fury's big week, and Fury got knocked to the to the to who knows where <laughs> by a quote unquote ball cannoning yes. Korg. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to get in there. Yeah, so good. <laughs> that was like terrible New Zealand. That no, wasn't quite right. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, we didn't have enough pamphlets. You um, did pretty good, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's. There's so much in here that I think is really funny, though. Right in the way that they play stuff to the point where I've talked about this before that I wasn't a huge fan of Darcy and Cat Dennings in the first two Thor films. I really liked her in WandaVision. I loved her in this because I think. That Cat Dennings-ness really translates well, obviously, the comedy and this type of storytelling. And it just really, really 
delightful like or she was delightful in this to the point where they really did the things that i thought were just like the dumbest things you could possibly do because i remember when howard showed up i turned to you and i said oh man i hope they hook up and then the and next I think scene I said it out is, loud i was like gross man are yeah. you serious and the next scene they're, they're getting, getting married. married and i was just like perfection this yeah. is what this is what needs to be happening you were the this. michael fassbender gift perfection <laughs> <laughs> like it was everything you wanted yeah uh, <laughs> i mean this this episode really could not have been less of any everything i wanted like they really handled it well to the point that like the one thing that I was kind of weirded out with was the ending ending, but everything else was like fine. Sure. Um, I feel like we probably ought to talk about the ending ending um, because like a lot of what we can say and probably still will say, but like let's rattle off some things like uh, giant frost, giant Loki, uh, yes. great character. And like the, like sort of like the Lando Han vibe of like meeting on cloud city when the two of them meet in Vegas for the first time, like him trying to hold Thor's, you like, a lot tiny of nerve. Phone, mm-hmm. the, like the tiny phone and dropping it just because he's so tall. He's like, Oh, <laughs> that just... was, that was pretty good. And that Loki was still Loki. And like, yep. he was still like, listen, Thor, I love you, man. But like your brother from another mother that's not my mom so let's go ice boys uh it was absolutely hilarious i hope that we see frost giant loki uh in season two of loki in some capacity yeah i think that we should i think it'd be really really fun um so there's there's that piece of it um there's a there's a few other just like the, the howard the duck and darcy gag was great darcy generally just really really great love having darcy back in here Maria Hill taking on like more of the the director role, which is the thing that we get in the comics, but we really haven't gotten in the MCU. I thought Rumble it was showing fun. up. We never get to use the nuke stuff like that. Yeah, because right? he's a psychopath, <laughs> you know, because like, he's a crazy person. Uh, Obviously, the ending part where uh, she, you know, it, it's it's um, it's Frigga on the way to Earth, and it's just like them trying to clean up, putting like when he knocks over Stonehenge to begin with is fantastic. Uh, when he strains the Leaning Tower of Pisa like Bizarro Superman in Superman 3, also excellent. Uh, but then, like, showing up and it's like the fake teaching class. Yes. <laughs> just, oh my god, there's just so much in this that was just so, so good and so entertaining. It was great. It was really, really funny. Um, I, I just, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And then the only thing that, like, I'm left with from, like, you know, like, calling this I don't know. It's crazy. Is it crazy to say this is my favorite one? Like, I don't know. I just enjoy. I had I mean, so much entertainment factor. I really don't think it's that crazy. You know? I mean, there's because there's there's like levels of like what we're trying to do here, right? Like, are we looking for deep, profound storytelling? I mean, if you are looking for that stuff, like you know, this might not be your favorite. Uh, there's certainly other ones. If you're looking for like really like adventurous style ones, you're gonna look to the, the, the Star Lord T'Challa one. Um, I think it's dependent on, like what you're going for, but it's just pure unbridled entertainment that harkens back to i think a form of comedy that hits really well especially for like our age demo yes this is the best like yes it really captured so many elements that made me feel nostalgic but like right for the mcu like it, it like for comics really not even mcu let me correct that like for comics uh and what if sometimes did these types of like banana stuff they used to call them like what the instead of like what if because you know i was like like what the f um, which is like really what this sort of felt like, but like it done so 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 very well. Yeah. So like, I don't think you're off base saying this might be your favorite. I don't Certainly. know. I have to sit down with the list. I have to think about. It. I've just I've 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 enjoyed every episode. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. Uh, there has been like there's one that I obviously enjoyed less, but that's me. But like there, but there has not been like a single episode that I've watched where I haven't felt like, oh my god, this is so much fun. 
uh, or like, oh my god, this is like shockingly emotional. Like, th- like I've had a I've had a response every time. Yes, every single episode. Uh, so I'm just I'm I'm really pleased with it. But then there's the end of this episode uh, that we should that we should discuss. That a lot of people, uh, the patrons of Post Show Recaps, you can become one. Patreon.com/slash Post Show Recaps. Um, mentioning uh, like this this cliffhanger ending. Uh, and for Fitz, Fitzy says the cliffhanger endings, they're starting to wear a little thin for me, especially when aliens show up to fight everyone at the end of this most recent episode. Tell more of the story when there's more to tell. Don't leave us hanging, bro. Uh, so that's from, that's from Fitzy from Ryan. Uh, Ryan says, wait, was that Ultron with the infinity stones at the end? Why? I feel like they could have ended this one with a happy ending. Uh, so I think that there is like a little bit of like that vibe coming out of the episode from certain people of like, it's a two pronged thing. We got to take it in like two hits. Uh, so maybe let's take it like as it pertains to the episode in hit number one. Does a cliffhanger ending like sort of a like instead of what if it's what the like, does that ending work for you here is question number one. And then I guess we should start getting into the theorizing for the second uh, portion of this question. Um, yeah, the ending in terms of like, does it hit and like how it works? It's weird because, like, I really did think they could have ended on a happy note, like a fully happy note. They don't end it on necessarily a, like, negative, negative note. Obviously, there's a lot of questions about what it means. What I found really interesting about it, and this maybe leads in and pertains to the second part of this, is that the Watcher had a reaction of, like, wait, The Watcher was shocked. Yeah, he was surprised by this. So, that's really interesting and makes me feel like maybe there's something more here um, that we'll see as we lead into what is going to be the final two episodes. Again, I said this before, and I still retain it. I really don't want or need this to have an overarching story. I think it's happening. Uh, yeah, that's not necessarily what I'm here for. Maybe they'll pull it off this time. Once again, I think the previous uh, series we've seen that tries to do this overarching serialized story hasn't landed incredibly well. It's not a bad landing, but it's a wobbly one. Uh, you know, it's flying off the mat at the end and you you kind of stumble forward slightly and you're like, oh, that was pretty good, but I don't know if you're going to get an Olympic medal for it, but it's pretty good. Um, and this one, you know, uh, with this ending, I don't know. It, it felt weird, mostly also because it wasn't fully explained. The fact that I think even as we're watching it, we weren't sure, is that Ultron? Like, what's, what's, what's happening there uh, is the reason why. I have a theory about what's about to happen okay well let's hear it let's what what are you thinking is going on and are you thinking that this is ultron who's showing up at the end of this episode i think it might be and i think it was because the mask comes up right and it's uh it's it's a face under there with the mind stone on its forehead and as we know the person who has the mind stone is vision and i think it was uh robin who said like whoa is like that might be vision Maybe this is a situation where they didn't give the Mind Stone to a vision, uh, cre- like a, a vision. They gave it to Ultron Interesting. when it was built. And like maybe that's what happened. So there is that theory there. But I actually think the reason we, uh, he had a what the reaction or like a wait what from the Watcher is that I think that's an Ultron from another timeline they're about to see in the next episode. Okay. So you think that this is an, I mean, because let's play that out, right? Like, Ultron gets the Mind Stone. So for whatever reason, like, Ultron, like, how would this happen? I think, like, you can imagine the world where Ultron wakes up, Ultron becomes self-aware, Ultron destroys Vision, or incorporates, like, assimilates Vision, but Ultron, Ultron, but then Ultron doesn't just go balls to the wall, guns blazing, coming around the corner of Avengers Tower and just, like, let's fight. Well, you have an Ultron who I think bides his time is what it is. I don't think he destroys Vision. 
Because when we when you look at um, Age or Jarvis, of, rather, because Vision's Jarvis, not real you. yet. Yeah, uh, Jarvis, right? Because when you look at Age of Ultron, he became self aware, and within moments, he's just like, "I'm going to put myself in this body, give myself a mouth, and go after the <laughs> Avengers." Oh, God. Um, oh, but man. like, what if he I hope did that it? mouth uh, moves in just like uh, the weirdest ways? For you? No, I hope that it is very, very like rigid. <laughs> uh, I want it to be not a fluid looking mouth, please uh, God. But I think like maybe that's what happened—a possibility. Again, we're we're conjecturing a lot of stuff of based on nothing. But like, if this vision so didn't—it's true—didn't immediately go after the Avengers, bided his time. Tony realizes that he's created an AI. Like you know, this exists now. He creates a body for it. And he gives it the Mind Stone. He does what he eventually does with Vision to Ultron because in his mind, watching what's happening if Ultron didn't immediately turn evil on them, he would make that call quite possibly. So that's how it could have happened. That's where we end up in the situation. And you have an Ultron there who maybe conquers an entire universe and now has the ability using the stones to go to other universes. And so like that's him essentially an Ultron crossing from one world into the next. Hence why the surprise from the Watcher because that ultron that that army doesn't belong here in this universe because it's from a different one so there shouldn't be this level of crossover and so that's going to catch even uatu off guard correct um i mean the idea of ultron with uh with these powers with the mind stone imbued in him rather than uh being used to create vision is terrifying when you know what his his plan is it's like to replace life with you know his ai with Mm -hmm. like his whole thing um, so I feel like it's also kind of cool to like map that onto, um, to like Tony Stark's whole thing in Endgame, right? Like him being the, the last one with the Infinity Stones and like using them to, to save the day, like having his creation now be the one who is now coming in to like wreck everything. It's like that there's some, some symmetry there. Um, he has like the face wave. There's a face underneath there. Right. So what up with that? That's that's the weird part, right? Like that's the question where, like, if Tony built a body and the did, Ultron like, armor the becomes st- an armor, did the putting the Mind Stone in Ultron like create Vision within him? Like, is there something like well, that? Well, there's also that could a weak play? spot, right? Like, if 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 that gem is a weak spot on you, which we know from Vision, like that gets ripped out, you're done. So why not protect it with armor? Why not pr- pr- like have a vibranium armor around you to prevent people from grabbing it? There's the other possibility that we could uh, throw out here um, that it's not Ultron or Vision, that it's Kang the Conqueror. I was just going to say we haven't talked about Kang and like Kang is Mr. Multiverse. Right. Um, So is that like a Kang with Ultron armor? It's quite possible, right? Like that's the other possibility. Do I want that? Not really. I think... I think what could be happening here, right, if you think about... I think I kind of like that. I guess... I just th- this we know is, that there's so many Kangs. Why not just give us another Kang? Well, it's not that they give us another Kang. Uh, this is going into the whole crossover thing because, like, we could be leading into the final two episodes being a Crisis on Infinite Earths type situation. Crisis on Infinite Kevin's, uh, which, as we know, is terrible. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. We no. don't want all those Kevins together. Uh-huh. That's like a that's like a Rick level problem that, it would that be bad. shouldn't shouldn't exist. Um, so. If that's the case, you could have this crossover in the final two episodes where maybe the first part is explaining how this person, be it Kang or Ultron, got all these stones and is now going to go across the multiverse to start conquering stuff. And the final episode is the big battle. And you can then pull in your Agent Carters, right? Or Captain Carters. You can pull in whatever the new team of Avengers that Fury is going to form after his really bad week 
you know, like all the stuff that we've seen, you can have Star Lord T'Challa show up and you have this like giant unification of all these characters we're introduced to, maybe some even new ones, fighting against these army of Ultron stuff. It's this big battle, yada yada yada. It's endgame proportion, basically, right? Like right. it's the on your left moment of bringing in all these other characters. I really don't want that specifically this early because like this is where people you lose people when it comes to the multiverse it happens time and time and time again at dc comics especially which is like the home of the multiverse and it's happened at marvel recently is when you do the crossovers when you do these big epic things of bringing in all these people from these other realities it gets confusing and it gets a little bit overloaded where you're like oh there's so many cats in america's which one's that one what's happening here also personally it ruins the realities they're from because when you do these big battles and these big crossovers, usually people die, especially in comics. And so you have this cool character you're introduced to, and then they die in this big battle. But then that universe continues, and you're just like, well, the universe kind of sucks now because like now they gone, have to right, you gone. have to do with this repercussion now of, of like this universe, which used to be its own story, now has to be affected by this some other BS. So like that's part of the reason why like giant multiversal crossovers are problematic. But it's always the end game, no pun intended, uh, of these types of stories. And I'm just really hoping they don't do that yet. Like, if you want to do it, save it for season two or something. I just think it's too soon to do something like that. It seems like they're doing it. Uh, and so I would expect that next week's episode is going to be whatever backstory is necessary to, like, set up who or what this character that's stepping in through at the end of the episode is. And then episode nine, the finale, will be some sort of coming together to fight that guy. Right. Um, Which, again, eh, all right. You know, whether or not you want it. Well, look, then if what happened was we got seven what if episodes that were like in like supreme isolation, uh, and then we have the crossover for the last two, then like seven out of nine, seven of nine, Jerry uh, Ryan style, like seven of nine episodes. I mean, that's almost impro- appropriate if Ultron's going to be very Borg-like right. in terms of like assimilating. You no, know, we're all unique and and interesting. So like, I'm 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 so um, hooked into what they've been doing that like I'm interested to see what they're going to try. I don't think that everything has been a hundred percent hit rate, but I think like a lot of it has been really, really, really super solid. Like just like really solid across the board. That I'm interested, but I do think. Um, Having the cliffhanger happen here in this one, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I feel like uh, I don't, I don't love it tonally when like this whole episode is Animal House and then it ends with like sort of like this Stephen Kingish twist. Like, uh, it's a little bit tonally jarring, and I think that's what they were going for. For me, it doesn't like massively work, but it also doesn't like take me out of the episode so bad. It might be like enough that like if I'm just because there's so many episodes here that are so great. And I'm trying to like figure out how to order them. It may be like enough of like a glaring thing that it would prevent it from being in like my top spot. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but um, you know, so it is what it is. Um, anything else from this episode that you really wanted to to get into? Like things oh, that man. like uh, just cracked it. Howard the Duck, Seth Howard Green is Howard sure. the Duck. Yes, they got to probably just make a Seth Green Howard the Duck movie. No, I mean there. I feel like at least uh, an episode or something centric to it. Like Howard the have Duck a Disney is, Plus special. That's just Howard the Duck. They got to do stuff with Howard the Duck. Like Howard the Duck in this context was amazingly fun, and like he's right there, guys. Like just do more Howard the Duck stuff. There's a comic book artist, I believe it's Linnell Yu, who's a phenomenal artist. Let's just start there like incredible who has done stuff with bendis a lot and whenever bendis asks him to draw a spread he constantly sneaks howard the duck into the spread because it's usually of like you know a spread of a ton of characters um and so he'll always just like sneak howard the duck in and bendis has talked about like getting the pages back and just be like god damn it like you're just finding howard the duck 
hidden in the background of one of these giant, like, you know, massive endgame style shots. Yeah. Um, I just, I really loved him. Uh, I thought that, uh, uh, the Grandmaster. Uh, oh my God! The Grandmaster DJing showing up, the DJing everything. It was actually Jeff Goldblum. Well, what is he? He's like release the foam, release the foam, and then the and foam then party starts. Like that's really great. All the cameras. Karen Gillan actually just voicing Nebula for like one moment. Of what just, did she like, say? She's like, "Mama uh, needs I, a new eye." Yeah, Mama needs a new eye. And then later on, where she's like, "I think I hear my dad calling me." Yeah. Like just yeah. like that. That type of stuff is what really, really makes the whole, it. The whole like final push Drax of like vomiting on him. Of, like Frigga is coming to Earth and like Thor has to clean the party and like Carol's final line of like I'd start with the corners work your way out it's a sphere <laughs> was, was super 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 funny um, like all of that energy was just absolutely hilarious when he goes up and his voice gets booming and he's just like listen oh to God. me my mom is coming yeah, my mother is coming uh, like and like the music underneath it like they're playing it as an epic moment was unbelievably great like one of my only regrets was that like this was not like a live action short like it would have been really really fun to like see all of these actors doing this stuff but i think what if and the voice acting is like totally channeling the vibe close enough that like i'm i'm fully good to like i also count it in really like that right before the uh, ultrons or whatever show up you had that moment of him like bringing Jane the flowers and being like, ask me out on a real date, man. And I just love that. Like he knows the planet where yeah. everybody's a unicorn, including, including the waiters. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so good. <laughs> I hope we get to see that someday. Yeah. I hope that's in the next Thor movie. What if that's a love and thunder tease? I hope so. I hope that that's where, you know, they go on a date. Uh, I hope that's where like possibly Jane Foster and Valkyrie go. Um, that'd be incredible. That'd be tremendous. Um, all right, Kevin, uh, we've got a bunch of AUAs. Ask us anything. We got a bunch of questions. <laughs> got a bunch of questions that have been asked to us uh, by the listeners of everything is uh, super. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Like, how are you nervous? Feeling? Probably. I mean, no, there's nothing I, too I'm invasive. sure there's nothing crazy. Nothing too asking. invasive. Everybody's uh, keeping it really cool. We'll start with the easy one. Uh, Mike Edwards asking, how does it feel to be back together, best friends? uh first not of good. all not i'm great. josh's best friend he's not mine um, um so not accurate <laughs> it's definitely not accurate uh no i mean like it's it's great it's weird it's awesome but not weird because like it's weird because of the circumstances right it's weird that this is how we're reuniting after so long um just the circumstance of covid existing uh but it's exciting like we spent a lot of last night uh us and our you know wife slash fiance is like just chatting up for like oh, hours yeah, for, like seven hours is great. it's incredible so like we had a really good time with it so yeah, for me, kind it's of run out of things to talk to you about it's like you can go now it's like, a good thing i'm leaving relatively soon this is this is great <laughs> but you can go um all right so that was like the uh well there's there's other personal questions you want to you want a sappy one? Oh, but this one was oh. nice this is from uh felipe felipe writes What's the greatest thing you've learned from each other, personally God. or professionally? I don't know, Josh. Why don't you start? What? No, you start. <laughs> uh, the greatest thing I've learned from Kevin. Huh. Uh, the greatest thing I've learned from Kevin is probably um, uh, that that small dogs are cool or can be uh, <laughs> because I've hung out with Kevin's small dog so many times and I miss Gus very, very much. I would say it's probably the greatest thing that I've learned from you because that was a gift. I didn't, uh, was not a small dog fan. Yeah. I mean, Gus is incredible. Uh, I would uh, say it's probably, probably top of the line. Well, the greatest thing 
you'll ever learn, Josh, is just to love and be loved in return. So I suppose that's uh, true. I don't know. Like it's, I taught you that. That's in the, the way, greatest right? thing you've like, ever learned. There's certainly that is what you've wanted for me for so long. So I think me having that now in my life is partially I feel like I was an influence. Yeah. I feel like you I certainly was an helped uh, uh, tear, <laughs> tear my uh, stone heart uh, you know, open so like you can find the like red beating center in there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kevin, you have you have uh, you have taught me that um, uh, being clear in your view is a very important thing. I feel like that is like my kind way of saying you're very opinionated, <laughs> uh, and that like there is there is uh, there is war to be felt and fought in that way of like approaching life of like such a clarity of vision of like how you see things, uh, but there is also peace in that too. Uh, I strive for that. Uh, I think uh, you you don't you're not wishy washy. I can be very wishy washy. You know how you feel, and you're not afraid to say it. That's I true. Think I think stuff. there's also elements of just like being or learning to be good with yourself. I think and like therapy and stuff that 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 you've you've helped in terms of like me understanding things, which has been great. Yeah. Um. So like, there's some. Savvy the other thing there. is you taught me the Macarena. I hadn't learned it until you and I became friends. Uh, now I'm pretty good at the Macarena. It's a hell of a dance. I had to teach you white boy something. Uh, you, you really <laughs> did. Kevin taught me how to dance, or Kevin would like to have uh, been able to teach me how to dance. I don't think anyone can. Uh, sadly, Swayze's gone. He may have been the only one the only who could person. have done it. Um, all right, so let's get into some uh, superhero-y stuff. Um Zach Brooks, the great Zach Brooks, writes in, uh, says, I'm really getting burnt out on movie trailers. They always show way too much and specifically shots from the third act. I'm looking at you, X-Men Apocalypse trailer, which (laughs) literally showed the final shot of the movie in the trailer. Yep. It feels like so much content is focused on dissecting every trailer for clues instead of talking about the content itself. Is there any way to come back from this? 
Should we institute a rule that says no shots from anything after the first hour of the movie? Or will I forever be looking away from the screen while the trailers play before a movie? And just to be clear, I do appreciate the way Josh and Kevin did the Spider-Man trailer. That was at least a creative way to do it, and it was fun. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that like uh, audio commentary over trailers may be a thing we do again. Um, but that being said, I also don't disagree with Zach at all that clearly uh, these trailers are like showing so much stuff. And the Kevin Mahadeo rule uh, uh, school of thought is don't watch them at all. Yep. And I, I, I kind of stick by that because I agree. Trailers have gotten really tricky and especially working in the field Was this always the way? No. Because didn't trailers used to be awesome? Weren't trailers like the thing that you'd be like super excited to watch and like it would be teasy? Uh, And I'm not even just talking about like teaser trailers. I'm talking about like outright trailers, which is like get you like hyped without like giving you absolutely everything. I'm looking at like the Matrix marketing. Yeah, the Matrix marketing like really held everything well, it, so close to the vest. Yeah, and but that's that's become trickier to do. You can't do that anymore. You can't do why not the teasing because like you need to. It's guaranteed. You got to get the guaranteed money because like if you, you need people to come into the theater to watch it, and people are reluctant to be spending as much money because of inflation and how prices have gone up. Yeah, it's really changed a lot, and trailers have changed over the last few years for sure. We entered a weird spot where. You also have, because like who makes the movie and who markets the movie, as I can tell you as a one who does the, the latter, yes. um, is different. And usually it's a show of how much like faith the studio has is dependent on like what's in the trailer. Uh, you have weird circumstances where it can work really well. Mad Max Fury Road sort of changed the trailer game because of its use of music. Uh, was so big and like used music to create a vibe and a mood and the visuals of it, which is what drove uh, that um, that film. Um, and you have a lot of stuff where you, if you compare blockbuster movie trailers to independent film trailers, they're completely different. Yeah, blockbuster movies are the ones where they're going to give you plot because they spent so much money on it. They really want you to hook in. The X Men one's a good call out. The reason they showed that in Apocalypse was very much clearly because they knew feedback was that people wanted to see them in costumes. Unfortunately, that wasn't in the movie. So you have that final shot, which is the only time you have them in costumes that got people excited. You use it in the trailer. It also misleads the audience. So you end up in a bad situation. That's just bad all around. But I have a lot of problems with how Fox approached a lot of that stuff. Sure. Um, but then you have other circumstances where look at Avengers Endgame. That was the genius. I agree. If you want to do a rule, it should be the only first hour rule, right? Like, I think that's smart. But unfortunately, again, with studios and blockbusters, they're not going to have that. Endgame was genius. Endgame only showed you stuff from essentially the first, like, 15 minutes. They showed you um, bits and pieces of, like, the like the time travel, like, getting prepared But for you didn't the know that's what stuff. you're looking at, right? Like, you, like, kind of maybe suspected, but, like, you certainly didn't know that they were going to cut off Thanos' head in the first 15 minutes. No, and they only showed, like... Uh, they obviously didn't show you Professor Hulk. They made sure to edit out things. And like some people were like, that's misleading. But I was like, but that was well done because it was also preparing for something. And I think it worked really well in their favor. But I was watching, I don't even remember the name of it now, but I was watching Shang-Chi. There was like, uh, or Candyman. It was Candyman. There was a trailer for like a, a bigger movie and it was very straightforward, very easy to be like, this is what it is. They show you a ton of stuff. And then there was a trailer for an independent movie that was just all vibes, colors, and music. And like you're watching it, and it's like, I have no effing clue what this movie is about. Sure. But it's for it, like certain people who like those types of independent movies, they're not going to watch that movie for like the real plot. It's all about like the vibes and the feeling. That's what a lot of indie films are about. 
And I think like when you create the trailers to showcase the vibe and the feeling, that's what they're trying to do. So I think it's just different purposes and different audiences. This is a long-winded way to say of like, I agree about trailers and that's why I don't generally watch them. I get it. I do. And I think that like, um, they may be broken to a degree. And then like to Zach's point about like, it feels like so much content is focused on dissecting every trailer for clues. Um, like supremely candidly, like this is a big piece of why um, I'm not particularly sad to not be in entertainment journalism anymore right now. At least if it's if this is not a forever, at least a for now. Like because a lot of it is that very clicky type stuff right now, and I get it because you got to drive business. And for whatever reason, this is what people are clicking on, and this seems to be what people want. As hopefully they say, the, the spice must flow, Josh. And unfortunately, we all have to bend to the womb of you know, nonsense. We're doing it differently is, is certainly my hope. And a lot of this is like more conversational uh, than like doing like, let's stop down. Let's focus on every single thing other than Daredevil's arms, oh uh, which I do think the is an important example thing of something to, that is to driving me, that would drive me insane. And, and did, look at. <laughs> uh, but like, that insane. is the kind of thing is like, then you go on like every entertainment website and you're like, uh, this this one clue from the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer reveals a shocking return or something like that. And this hard to miss detail changes everything about the MCU. Look, what? man, I've, I'm not trying to like wash away any like I'm like guilty of this stuff. Like I've presided over this. I have participated in this. Like I'm not trying to absolve myself. But like that is the machine. The spice I, must flow. You were I'm told very. Right. Uh, I I think I'm very open about the fact that I. L- absolutely left entertainment journalism because i could not do that anymore i couldn't do when clickbaity headlines started and i was asked to write a very specific one for a very specific site and i was like it broke me and i was like i can't do this anymore and uh i had shifted um professions it's been great honestly and so good for you um yeah like it, it just i i can't with with that sort of stuff it, it's very you know, I, I think podcasting, podcasting is like in and like what we're doing is like adjacent to that. But I feel like there is just like a lot more like conversational vibe to it that makes me feel like this is just the stuff we would be talking about if the mics were off. Uh, right. This is the stuff that we talk about when, when the, the mics, mics are, are off. off. Yeah. Uh, so like this is like it's just it's it's fun. So the format is good. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't know how we get around like the clickiness stuff. Um, the internet it is a beautiful place and it is a terrifying place uh, and a terrible place at the same time um this one we talked about x-men apocalypse is a good uh segue into this from josiah congratulations josiah by the way new dad josiah to the whole oh, congrats to the whole fam uh we are we're wishing you all the best and uh just congratulations on uh on on uh expanding um uh the the bite by bizarres by one um so from josiah josiah says dream casting for the mcu's version of x-men characters and actors oh gosh actors is tough and hard to do on the fly if we're able to like nail one that would be great i've already said roy kent uh brett goldstein uh emmy award winning brett goldstein as wolverine is something i really really (laughs) want um but how about let's start with characters uh for for x-men What's the lineup that you want to see when we are finally rolling out mutants in the MCU? Give me like, I don't know. Do you want to do like a team of six, seven? Six is probably good. I think okay. seven might be pushing it, Is like it, Professor right? X just a gimme? Professor X is a gimme. I think we need Professor X. I think depending on the story you want to tell, you need Magneto. But again, you only, you've used him in every movie. It becomes so difficult 
They did, with- you know, they did like uh, they did Vulture, they did Mysterio. Exactly. Like, so Spider Man wasn't like dipping right back into Green Goblin and Doctor Octopus, and now they are, and they're using like the original incarnations. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna go for X Men, you should do William Stryker again, except uh, you know, find the right way to use him. I think using him as part of the government. Um, and military was very smart in X2. Uh, in the original comic, uh, God Loves, Man Kills, um, is he was a preacher, and I think that could be a very interesting route um, to like tackle some very, very, I think, uh, poignant topics. Um, so, like, bad guy is, 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 I think, more of an open discussion, but I think Stryker could be a really interesting one. Just go back to the old, or, you know, make it more like, you know, um, Friends of Humanity, right? Where it is it is not necessarily a person, but like an organization yeah. that is racist. Yeah. Um, as I for, guess I'm lightly disgusted with you right now uh, for not uh, finally saying, like, this is the chance to do Mr. Sinister. What are you all doing? I mean... Why are we not going Mr. Sinister? It's true. Then you... you, you it depends on what they want to approach it, right? I think if they want to the tell... The Summers him, Brothers. Yeah. I must have the Summers well, Brothers. Well, you have Sinister and you could do a really interesting story about, like, geneticism, right? And Mr. Like, Sinister is basically, like, the aesthetic of Dracula meets, like, a crazy geneticist, right? Like, that is effectively his yeah, thing. He and like he's also, like, invulnerable, except uh, his only weakness is like Cyclops' optic blast. Well, they can injure him, yeah. And yeah. other stuff is that uh, he's able to manipulate his body and molecules to like reshape himself. He's a mutant stuff. though, right? Uh, so it's really wonky because depending on what you follow, I think at one point it's that he had potential to be a mutant and, and, and uh, Apocalypse experimented on him and gave him like these powers and, and the, the thing we see. Um, so he's not, as far as I remember, he's not a full-out actual mutant. An Apocalypse helped create him. Um, based on his own uh, genetics because Apocalypse's immune abilities that he control all his molecules. I'm ready for Mr. Sinister is all I'm saying. Like, we almost got it because if you watch New Mutants and stuff, uh, they, they had references to... Oh, like, really? The, yeah, they had <laughs> the Essex Corporation because his name yeah. is Nathaniel Essex. I think that the villain... Is there a, is there a gigantic... Um, in the Marvel Universe, in the X-Men side of things, is there a gigantic fox that they could fight? <laughs> Does that exist? <laughs> Is this something to do with Emily? What's happening here? No, with with the uh, 20th Century Fox. Oh, I like, see. Like a metaphor. the X-Men for so long. Yikes. Um, okay, actual X-Men, They could though, fight right? my wife, but then the X-Men will lose. They'd lose badly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Cyclops, I think 100%. Get some Cyclops, get some Storm. I would love some Nightcrawler, Jean Grey. Um, man, boy, do I like... I, Colossus would be really fun. Um, and Kitty Pride, I think, would be cool. But it's hard to do Kitty without Wolverine. I don't personally want Wolverine in the first iteration. I want Wolverine, but I want him separate. Like, I want to start with Wolverine, like, on his own. Give me the Wolverine show. Give me the Wolverine movie is fine. But like, I want if that, want... like, after the first X-Men movie. I don't want Wolverine to be the one coming out the gate, want... whether on his own or, you know. I want Wolverine as the post credit scene in She-Hulk. That's what I want. Have Wolverine <laughs> show up in a Hulk property as he did in the comics. Have him enter the MCU that way. That's what I want from Wolverine. Uh, surprise us with who is playing Wolverine. and uh, Or even if it's just like someone at a bar and then like some like heavily harried, muscled arms just pop claws. You know, like give me I, that and I am down. Have we talked about way back in the day? This might have been part of one of the podcasts we did 100 years ago. But I remember, was it, um, I think it was way, way before Infinity War and Endgame was coming out. And I was just like, man, what if they set up Secret Invasion? What if they do a Skrulls thing, right? 
And I remember being like, what a way to introduce the X-Men at that time. Because like the Fox deal, I think, had just closed or something. And it would have been amazing if like the post credit scene in Infinity War, like the, you know, the people got taken out, the scrolls are in have invaded or something. And you just see like this, uh, this like mansion slash house and like the scrolls storming in. And you just see like from the back, like a guy in cowboy jeans and a flannel shirt, like standing there. And as the scrolls are like storming in, you just see him like, right, like put his hand out and claws pop. And it's just like, that's the credits, you know, post credits. It'd be like, that's how you introduce the X-Men is like all the other Avengers got taken out and then the X-Men come in and it would have been, that's a cool way to use Wolverine. Again, I, I just, I, he's overused for me on so many levels. Obviously he's a very popular character and I don't think that they can do X-Men, uh, without, uh, maybe they could do X-Men first without Wolverine, but they can't go that far without bringing in Wolverine. Like eventually, like Wolverine will have to come sooner than later. Wolverine is coming, uh, before 2025 is my, uh, is my, I don't know if that's a bold prediction, but, Marvel has a very uh, busy dance card through that year. Uh, so where does he show up? Where do any of these characters show up? Uh, remains anyone's guess. I guess for me, really quickly, like I think um, I would be down with like some uh, permutation of the 90s cartoon X-Men roster. Yeah. I just love those guys. Those, those are, are great. I mean, those are the things that I think hooked me in as well, right? It would be cool, actually. Those are the action figures. that Did you see on the shelf in the guest room that you're sleeping in right now? I've got all of like yes. the 90s X-Men oh, action yes. figures in like, the I same spot. Did I see that, spot. Josh? Did, are you kidding me? No, I know, but like, there's one cubby yeah, that the, has... Yeah, the like, one in the far left, yeah. the second row down. That's yeah, all the... It's got the like, yeah. uh, Cyclops in the brown leather jacket. Cyclops has the brown leather jacket. Jean Grey is there. Mm-hmm. Rogue, Beast is there. Storm, Beast, Gambit, and then I have Jubilee standing at the top with her arms spread like the fireworks when it says and Jubilee, Jubilee. in the casting. Um, I do think what I realized what I just did too is that I listed off the giant size X-Men basically. Giant size uh, X-Men Which great. does yeah. include <laughs> yeah. Wolverine in there. That would be an interesting way of doing the first X-Men movie is that the original X-Men gets captured and I just do the giant size X-Men story. Could be fun. Could be fun. How great are my action figures, by the way? Oh, they're incredible. Yeah. They're incredible. You guys can't see this, but I've gone Josh deep. has a lot of action figures, but he has a full storyline built yes. out. It's really incredible. I created a, a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe tableau. It's like a multiversal battle really towards the, Thanos, yeah. and uh, Ultron is there. No Infinity Stones in him. It's a whole to-do. I'm like lightly embarrassed by it, but also very it's proud. Incredible. Uh, my favorite is the Spider-Verse. This is how I, I think it's really great. When I had no friends to see over two years, <laughs> I just action figures I brought my tons of action figures into my home, and God bless Emily uh, for, for letting <laughs> it go. But I think the days are coming when we're going to have to take it all down pretty soon. Uh, okay, so there is, is that. This is from Sean. Sean. Sean says, what would your dream MCU movie or event be? As in, what's a Marvel property you'd love to see done really, really well? I guess I'll start uh, and say that while we're on the subject of X-Men, what I would really, really love to see is X-Men be successful enough, popular enough, and bold enough to, to do be weird Age enough. Of Apocalypse? No. no okay. Age of Apocalypse would be cool, but be bold enough to be weird enough to do like deep, Shiar Empire type Ooh, stuff. Like actually go full real Phoenix story. Yeah. Not like, even Dark Phoenix, just the OG original. Here's the thing is so like uh the X-Men movies have now tried to do uh Gene Gray as the Phoenix. They've done that storyline twice and they have failed miserably both, time. both times. And so like, is it radioactive? Is it too hot? You know what? Put him down, Kevin Feige. Just like 
put put it all out there on the table and I mean show do, them how it's done, right? Do the like, Phoenix Saga. Give us the Hellfire Club and all of their cartoony like uh 1800s-ish villainy uh <laughs> glory, you know, like give us that. Give us uh Lalandra, right is her name. Yep. Uh give us what's uh is is it a Blackbird is her sister or Deathbird is her Death sister? Deathbird is her sister. You know, give us Gladiator. Black G- Tom Cassidy is involved in some capacity. Give, give us like these crazy X-Men characters and do a space opera and i think that you could really do this especially episodically like give us like live action uh like tv version of like what the 90s cartoons did so well they adapted that story really really well for the record when we do gladiator we want him with the giant purple mohawk he needs the mohawk Perfect. like you know like uh drax is shook when gladiator shows up like <laughs> we think that we've seen everything that there is to see in the cosmos and clearly we have and in the marvel close. side of Not things but i think that like the X-Men specific cosmic stuff is really, really good. You get like Corsair in there. You get like the Star Jammers. This is like gobbledygook for people who just watch the MCU stuff. But like, this is the stuff that I really, really want to see. I was an X-Men kid. Yeah. The 90s X-Men cartoon was like my Marvel stuff long before I cared at all about Captain America or, or Iron Man. Um, so that's what I want. Really, I mean, really super badly. We're on a similar page here. I think it is no secret. I am the same way. Where it comes to like X Men is my thing. It is what got me into the Marvel universe. It is one of the things, big things that got me into comics. While I loved Superman, a lot of that came from obviously like Chris Reeve stuff. Um, but I love the X Men. So what do I want them to see do right? Is the X Men again? I've said this before. I really want it to be really delving into the minority experience. You know, uh, again, like that's where you you should take your uh casting and like really cast people of color in those roles uh i as i've said make magneto professor x black please um there's just a lot there that i think can work really well and tell an amazing story whereas like adaptation um obviously when it comes to the x-men stuff i think that'd be really cool but going on a broader scale annihilation could be real goddamn interesting um if they did something like really cosmic really crazy but annihilation i think that could be really fun um so like that was where i might lean and with the fantastic four coming in that's where they could go i agree i think we're both leaning leaning cosmic though right like between shiar and then the like annihilation this is like like, one of the issues though of like doing like uh thanos and then going multiverse is like we will have no direction to go but like bigger uh, bigger bigger although i guess i'll say um that uh this was from this was from uh from seth uh, Seth said, who's one actor or actress you'd like to see make their debut in the MCU and in what role? And I think that that... God, who's left? Uh, well, that leverages us into this, which is like, in this, like if you take Seth's question alongside Sean's, um, like another thing that I would really want to see, in addition to Galactus, which we've talked about a ton, and that was what I was going to say, is like, we've done Thanos, we're doing multiverse, like, how do you, like, you're going to have to give us Galactus, and then how are you ever going to top that, yeah. uh, is a really big question. Um, and I'm curious to see like how they handle that. They're going to handle it someday. I feel pretty confident that they're going to at least try. Um, but what I, I really want to see them do well. And like, I, like I, like they need to do it exceedingly well is not just the fantastic four, but Dr. Doom specifically, mm-hmm. uh, who was Stan Lee's favorite villain. Right. Uh, I think he had said many times over the years that like, that was his character. I believe that is accurate. Uh, like, Show us Latveria. Show us Victor Von Doom. Don't write at that. Don't do like I like uh, all disrespect. Uh, no disrespect, rather to I believe Julian McMahon is the actor who played that him. Is from, correct from, from Nip Tuck from Nip Tuck. Um, but like I don't know who you get. Like 
How just, dare you get, ignore Cup? something with a k what is his name that was in the new fantastic four movie oh god uh, toby kebbell who's, <laughs> toby a, kebbell, who's a great actor but no don't do that just just do it just give us christoph waltz you know just like I mean, go for it jeez christoph waltz when well, you gotta really you know, just go for really it just bring up read though just bring christoph waltz in as dr doom would be hilarious uh i feel like it would be good um but that feels like almost like to like fancast.com uh to like have him like Maybe this is like just like a cast, like cast somebody who is just like an excellent theater actor who's just going to show in and just like annihilate the role, like do a Hemsworth and Hiddleston and blow up somebody's spot and make them a star. Um, but Dr. Doom is one of those characters who I think has the potential to be like a really great, like franchise wide villain uh, that they could uh, they could be doing a lot of damage with to like build us up to Galactus by the time we are 70 years old. It's so crazy because like I I can't think of an actor even that is like there, there obviously is a ton who have not been into the MCU but like that I'm like clamoring for anymore. I feel like there are people that have been wasted in a way, which as you mentioned, like Idris Elba is a big one. Though now he's into DC stuff, and I think he's gonna thrive there. Um, and even character wise, there's so few for Marvel. Uh, that's that's incorrect. There's a ton of Marvel characters that still exist, but it's also being I think saturated with a lot of like other stuff at this point now too like we're gonna head towards it's so weird i'm so much more inclined to be like the dc stuff is where i'm like my potential still exists right like part of me is just like give me a weird ass booster gold series right like give me give me like that type of weird stuff like that that's what i would love to exist in dc and if dc can't do it i don't know who the equivalent is in the marvel universe but like give me that give me give me a booster gold type character in um in marvel but not like old school booster gold i mean like the the current like quantum leapy you know sliders traveling dude uh like that's what i want um with his flying robot skeets like would be a plus yeah do you feel like we don't talk enough about dc stuff and is it our fault or is it somebody else's fault uh it's our fault for not choosing it but it's somebody else's fault for not making appealing stuff that we want to choose necessarily there is stuff now i will say that it's changed in my opinion where um there are enough movies like we talked about wonder woman but i've talked about like aquaman and would be great to talk about because i actually like aquaman i love shazam uh you know like birds of prey is incredible the, the suicide the some first this suicide has been opportunity back. right um what was that some of this has been opportunity where it's, it's opportunity like, as well like when the do we find hasn't gaps? worked out yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I i would enjoy doing more dc stuff it's just Finding the right mindset too to not just essentially get on a podcast and have like an amazing Spider-Man two experience where we're just like this sucks, this movie is so stupid, yeah. and like if we can find a way to have fun with it, cool. But if it's just like this movie is too dumb for words, <laughs> the um uh the TV side of the of the DC universe, like I'm not really like the CW stuff got way too crossovery for me, and like maybe that's a weird thing to say considering like the everything is connected man vibe of the MCU, but like in terms of like sheer volume of it's episodes, volume. it's like, volume, it's volume of episodes, it's and I used and I to really like I really liked Arrow for many seasons. Uh, it's been I, on too long, and I enjoyed the Flash for a couple of seasons. Arrow is gone, yes, um, but they've all been on at this point. I think a little too long. I mean, we've some of them are this. going. Like Supergirl is, is ending. Supergirl's ending. I think Flash has not announced an ending. Flash is not ending. Arrow has ended. Legends, I think, is ending. I think. I don't know that that's true. Um, I don't know. The one, the one that I, I know that you had watched a little bit of that I will Superman and throw Lois. myself to like proponent of is Superman and Lois. Very it good. Is, 
not like the sea. And here's the thing. It will I, be though. Eventually it's going to get very crossover. There's I, just so, no way around it. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. So here's, here's the thing. I think a few things. One, I agree with you. I love that DC stuff, but the DC TV is becoming like the comics where it's just too much and too dense to really delve into. Um, but the Superman and Lois show has been so separate on its own and with Arrow ending and with Supergirl ending, I think I think it can possibly stand on its own and not crossover, mm. which I think is kind of amazing and spectacular, and I'm all for it. I think that's really good. I actually really like Stargirl because it Stargirl is 100 on its own because it takes place on another Earth. Um, but it's it's great. I really enjoy Stargirl. Those are the two on the TV stuff I would say to check out because they're still. A, Superman is, is Batwoman any good? Do you watch it at all? I've heard Batwoman is pretty good, but it it I haven't watched a lot of it because I know they had like the huge creative change up yes. that they had to recast. They had to do they all had to that. recast Ruby Rose. I think my reason for not wanting to delve into uh, Batwoman is also just my um, tiredness of Batman content. Sure. Um, so there's that. Uh, and so, like, that's part of the reason. But I heard that's good. I heard Black Lightning's really good, and I never got to catch up on that. But now we're at a volume territory as well. Superman and Lois is only 15 episodes. Stargirl is only 13 episodes per season, and they're doing season two right now, and they're like halfway through. So, like, those also feel like easily digestible. Um, I would actually recommend those for people like Superman and Lois and Stargirl for sure. These to check out because you don't need a lot of context around them. Interesting. Um, you may be happy to hear this. I have not tried Titans, the the um, the the live action Titans, um, but I have finally fired up the very first episode of doom patrol and Amazing. i thought it was awesome it's wild right yes doom patrol is another very very strange one there's a, yeah now that i'm thinking about it because like doom patrol is strange exists on its own i think that's for the better the harley quinn animated series is phenomenal yeah. uh, exists on its own so there, there's some dc content out there and actually dc movies if you want my recommendation there uh, and this this partially came thanks to to Riley. I will call out Riley and Todd. Um, the DC animated universe has launched a new universe called the Tomorrowverse, which is incredible. Like the level of the old school Bruce Tim stuff, uh, that good. And there's only been a few movies so far. They did uh, Superman, uh, Man of Tomorrow, I think it's called um, Justice Society World War Two. And then they recently did a two-parter, Batman The Long Halloween. And even though I just said I was like tired of Batman, those were really, really goddamn good. Um, so those are like some recommendations for DC stuff, I guess, to throw out there. Um, as we're starting to wrap up, a couple more questions here. This is from Dave. Dave asked, there's been lots of speculation about the possibilities of the multiverse. What don't you want to happen? I think I already said what I really didn't want to happen and seems to be the case that is going to happen. <laughs> crossover on what if yeah. uh, is is Kevin's answer. Or eventually a, a crossover coming way too soon, even the broader spectrum. Yeah, uh, I think that that's fair. Um, all right, and then we've got this last one comes our way uh, from Tessa. Uh, Tessa says, on a scale of one to obliterating someone's head with a car door, how upset would you be if they recast Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, man. What, what's, what's your thought here, Josh? Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is, will be ready tomorrow to play the Kingpin if he's asked. Why bother recasting someone who was so great as the character? If you want to pretend like the Netflix stuff didn't happen, I think that we can adjust. Some people will be disappointed by that. Few people, I think, will be grossly confused by it. Uh, 
Charlie Cox and his arms are right there. Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> is right there. Like, bring these people back. It wasn't their fault. They were great. Uh, Kristen Ritter, she's ready to go. She gave an interview recently. She's like, I got the jacket. I'm ready to do it. Uh, Mike Coulter has another TV job, but he, he could do two things at once. People can walk and chew gum in Hollywood. Like you aren't just on a show and then you aren't allowed to do anything else anymore. Bring back Luke Cage. Leave Finn Jones at home. He does not have to come along for the ride. Danny Rand, so sorry. Your time has come. Uh, Bring back John Bernthal as Punisher. Do like a, a oh. do like a superhero version of that. Like I think that that could be fun. I I would be thrilled to see the Netflix people back. I really would. I think it would be great. I think that they're all right there. They're great characters, or many of them are. Um, and I I don't know why, especially with like what those deals seem to be done. Enough time, right? Um, like why not? Why not dip back into that world? I would be I would be okay if they came back in this capacity in those characters, but similar to maybe what they're going to do with Spider-Man, I think they need to write them differently. I think the characters that they exist within the Netflix shows don't exist within the Marvel universe as we know it. Um so I would love to see them introduced, but I also love to see them introduced in a way that leans more into certain aspects of their comic book selves. Certainly for Daredevil, I love his grumpy anger and I want to keep that, but, you know, give him more of the actual red costume, you know, that doesn't look so weird, I suppose. Um, Vincent Offero's Kingpin, I think his, his presence and personality is there, but obviously the, the over violence can't exist. And I am okay with that in this capacity, you know, for, for it to be changed slightly. I would love, I think these, those, all, those actors all did so great in those roles, but I think it needs to be, recontextualized and done into the Marvel universe that fits the real Marvel universe that we know. Yeah. Uh, obviously Jeff Loeb had his vision of what he wanted to do with those Didn't TV shows and well, yeah, and the lits of Defenders and Defenders is reason enough where I'm just like reboot all of it, you know. Kevin, that is the stuff that uh that that brought you and I together in circle. podcasting <laughs> form, right? Like the very first thing uh, Everything is Super is a relatively new podcast on post-show recaps, right? Like beginning in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you've been on the post-show recaps network since the first season of Daredevil. Yep. And what's that? Let's do a quick look at when did uh, when did they do the, the Daredevil Netflix show? It's 2015. Uh, Daredevil Netflix came out in... Uh, 2015. Yeah, you've been uh, podcasting on post show recap since basically the very beginning. <laughs> uh, and we were in this very room uh, when we recorded our very first podcast. That's very together, true uh, about Daredevil. And you were moving to Los Angeles. What, like the next day? The next day. The very next day. Yeah. Uh, what did we do? We did a preview of like Daredevil on Netflix. We were going to do it episodically, and we ended up we did doing episodically for doing that, for, that sure. for that season. That uh, first episode, I believe, we uh, wanted to acknowledge the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. So we watched it. So we like stopped mid podcast, watched the movie, and then came back to the podcast. Um, to bring it full circle, do you want to um stop the podcast down right now and quickly watch the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie and then come back in? I do not. <laughs> well, whether you want to or not, I think that's exactly what we're going to do. So everybody, just like give us like a, a like a quick like uh for you, it's just going to be like maybe five seconds. For us, it's going to be about two hours, and we'll be back with our report on um the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. 
Yeah, it still sucks. It's wow. not good. It's not uh, good. It's still not good. It's very bad. Yeah. I John Favreau though. That's the part yeah, that will stick with him. me forever yeah, for sure. Because John Favreau existing in those movies and also playing still Happy pretty Hogan. Good. <laughs> um, I, I she's not asking it right now, but I know Tessa. In addition to the question that she did ask, has like said repeatedly, like all she wants is for us to do season three of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like things are just like like superhero content is never not going to be so busy that we can like. Well, we'll have 13 weeks to do an episodic Daredevil podcast. I just don't know how we do that. Um, I would, I would totally be down to like rewatch it. I was say, have you seen the third season? Yeah. Josh? Okay, it's, it's the third season of Daredevil is good. I loved the third. Se- I loved it better than the second. That's for sure. Yeah, but like I even liked a, a good chunk of the second season of Daredevil. I think top to bottom, from first episode to last episode, uh, Daredevil is the best Netflix Marvel show, and like, um. And a lot of people were really bummed that it ended, but I actually thought that season three of Daredevil like felt like it had a, a quality about it that was like a conclusion, that it felt like it ended that story. Uh, that like if if that had been it, which so far it has been, um, that I would always be thrilled to see more of those characters and more of that world. But if that was going to be the last we would ever see of them, I feel like it's a it's a legit story. Like I think it tells a legit ending. I think like the the avocados at law like you know like we land in a place with them that if not feels like fully full circle i think it feels like um it feels like a landing point to a certain degree um so i guess this is like our mini daredevil season three podcast i really liked i really liked it they of course do like the like the he's not bullseye but he will be bullseye at the end yeah you know like they of course have to do that but i thought it was a cool interpretation of bullseye even though i wouldn't have like rooted necessarily for like we need to do the bullseye origin story um kingpin's involvement was really great throughout there everything with karen page i thought was solid it really was i think from top to bottom like a very very solid season it does feel like it felt like an ending right like more so than i think the others got yeah um in a way, I, I hate to say it, but like it did feel like um, Iron Fist had an ending, at least. Uh, it opened the door for a lot of potential, but it also was just like, this is where we could end it. I think Luke yeah, Cage and Jessica Iron Jones Fist had it, definitely had an ending. I think it was the, the end of the first episode of the show. <laughs> was uh, just, that's it. Let's call the wrap yeah, here. I think that that's, that's where it stopped. Um, all right. I think we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um, Kevin, next week we're going to find out, I think, whoever is like this Ultron-ish figure on What If. Um, in addition to that, and I know you're not pumped about this, but I think we ought to do it. Because in two Fridays, second Friday of October, October 9th, I think, or is it October 8th, rather? It's that weekend. Venom. Let them let there be carnage. There coming. shall be carnage. There, there will be, be carnage. There shall be carnage. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, the Venom sequel is coming out. And we kicked this can down the road. I think we should be kicking ourselves a little bit. About a year ago, we did our Spider-Man coverage. Uh, we did the, all the Spider-Man movies. And we like consciously chose not to do Venom as part of that series. Perhaps this was an error. Maybe this was a mistake because now we have to talk about it. So next week, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna watch the first Venom movie. We'll come back here with some takes. If anyone has takes on Venom the movie, send them in. Super at postshowrecaps dot com. Kevin and I will spend the second half of the show talking about Venom. Maybe talking about what we're expecting for Venom two, and then the following week 
we will talk about Venom 2 alongside the What If finale. Lots of rumors flying fast and furious, Kevin. Stay off the internet. About Venom? Yeah. Oh, boy. Scary. I'm certainly not in the in, you know Venom talk or whatever you want to call it. Like I'm not on that part of the internet, so you're not in you're not on the Venom web. Yeah, yeah. yeah Venom web is a scary place. Oh uh, god, lots going down on the Venom just, web. Just riots and venoms and carnage. <laughs> yeah, uh, deep internet stuff is what's happening on the Venom web. So we're going there. You're so excited. I'm thrilled i'm more excited for the second one because woody harrelson's there but (laughs) if you've listened to the to ya you know my love of woody harrelson is high so tell us about ya well the what is ya is the young adult podcast that we host here as part of post-show recap specifically for the patrons of post-show recaps uh if you sign up at the five dollar level you can get access to this along with many other podcasts that we host but me and melissa woodward uh talk every week about a young adult franchise we started with twilight uh, and then we have gone into the hunger games and we've got some really exciting stuff coming up for what we're going to do as we wrap up the hunger games here we have our wrap-up show and then as we head into october we have some interesting plans that we'll be announcing very soon that could probably openly talk about once uh we talk next week uh about what we're doing but it's really fun and it's going to be i think a perfect perfect time to sign up honestly for the post show recaps patron as we head into october and check out ya because we got some really good stuff i think you uh people are going to be into yeah some very uh thematic october content of course october is the one year anniversary of the post show recaps patreon program we are so excited about it it's crazy that a year has flown by uh, it's been such a fun time in uh, it, with with all of the patrons of PSR in the podcast feed in the Discord. We've just been having a blast. Um, if you've if you've ever considered it, uh, October one is going to be an incredible day to sign up. We're not saying like sign up now. Uh, it's end of the month. You get charged when you sign up, and then you get charged at the start of the month. You don't want to get double tapped. I totally get it. So if you don't want to sign up right now, don't do it. October first rolls around. I think there's going to be some good incentives for you to sign up and be part of that one-year anniversary party. You're not going to regret it. You're going to be thrilled to have been along for the ride. You're going to get Kevin and Melissa talking about all sorts of ridiculous stuff on the YA podcast, plus other podcasts that we're doing there for the patrons only. Also, it's just great. You know, support the podcasters, support the art you love. You want people to make the stuff that you like. You want them to keep doing it. You know, you say like, hey, I support you. I like what you're doing. We want to get more uh, Josh and Kevin in the same room again doing podcasts together? Like, this is the way, as they say. That uh, might have been a downsell. People would be like, Ugh, listen to this I'll Kevin guy. these get guys. I don't know. So just back pocket it. We're going to be very annoying about it next month. We're always yeah, annoying about it. ahead of time. My God, we're going to be really, really annoying about it next month. So uh, just a warning. I did say this is the way. Brendan Fitzpatrick asked us, did we check out Star Wars Visions? Uh, Kevin and I watched the first episode. This is this is a Star Wars anime that's on Disney Plus right now. They dropped the whole first season, uh, and we watched the first one. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was yeah, really very interesting, different, and cool. very great style. Um, they're each individual episodes. They they're each I think made by a different um, animation studio in Japan. Yes, uh, and it's it's really fascinating, really interesting. That first one especially was very like classic, um, uh, like. Uh, samurai films and everything like that. It was really, really well done. It had a really cool, strange lightsaber. Oh, it was device. awesome! It was really dope. It was really, really fun. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we'll podcast about it. Uh, Star Wars coverage on hold until we have Book of Boba Fett, uh, and then we will do some ramp up to that. So we'll see. That's allegedly December, but you know, 
taking it easy, trying to figure it out. It's going to be a jam-packed fall no matter what. So uh, Book of Boba Fett or not, we're going to have a lot going on on the podcast. Uh, Kevin is at Kev Mahadeo. He's more than that, but he's also that. Yes. Uh, that's how you find him on Twitter, at yeah. Kev give, give me Mahadeo. a follow. Tell everyone to follow me. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell everyone to follow me? <laughs> tell everyone to follow me. Does that work? No. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody patronize me. Oh, that's a good one. Did it work? Did everyone sign up? I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, at Kev Mahadeo, he tweets out the stuff. Matt Round Howard, I sometimes tweet out the stuff. So much happening on Post Show Recaps. You'll check it all out. You'll have the best time. You'll be so glad that you did it. Kevin, anything else other than uh, just like basking in the glory of uh, just being able to like, you know, wave See at each other face. in yeah, the room? Like, hey, I'm looking across at you, you right know? now from this microphone. It's very it's exciting. A lovely thing. Yeah, a wonderful thing. What a great time this has been. I wish they were all like this. Uh, it would be nice if, if, if all of this was just maybe someday. Existed. Maybe someday we'll maybe just, one day. We'll be able to do this. Every day would be every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like it to be every day. I think it's the daily podcast. Yeah. Is each one also going to be like an hour and a half? (laughs) No. They'll probably be shorter, but not by a ton. Not by a lot. Like 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, It's a lot of content. Look, I made you some content. Um, All right. Well, we made you some content. We hope you enjoyed this week's Everything is Super. Next week, What If, Episode 8, and some Venom stuff. Till then, Kevin, I don't want to say bye, but I I have to do it. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus